you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to NFL Total Access, the locker room. I'm Michael Robinson alongside Mike Jeezy Garofolo. Jeezy, what's happening? Doing great, man. Uh, Thanksgiving week, but, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're still giving you our content here, and it's, it's a good one today, Mike Rob. It's a great one. I'm still traveling. So, yeah, it is Thanksgiving. I'm still traveling. It's all good. But we do have a great show today. Today, we have a man who's played in more NFL games than any other human who has played in this game. 382 games. He's he's the Hall of Fame class of 2017, a place kicker. The great Dane Morton Anderson. And you guys aren't going to be. First of all, he is hilarious. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, one of the most funniest people that we've had on the podcast. And, yeah, he's he, he can sing. You don't want to miss it. He can sing. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's that's the highlight. Uh, there's also another highlight that he, he he made us promise not to make the headline here. Oh, so I won't make the it. headline, but you can hear it. You'll hear the story. It's early on. And then he at the end, he makes his promise not to make. So I won't make that the headline. Um, I will say, uh, you know, a lot of people look at kickers and say, Oh, my goodness. Nerve wracking. How could you do that? How could you go out there with the game on the his mentality is the opposite of that. And I think that that applies to football and life in general. Just just soak it up because Mike Rob certainly did. Absolutely. Jeezy, we got a good one today. All right. One of the best kickers. I don't know that I've ever spoken to in my life. All right. Morton Anderson. Welcome to the show big dog it's it's great to be here guys happy thanksgiving soon yeah man happy thanksgiving to you too now before we get into um the interview we start every podcast with a locker room story now again not one of those you know pg locker room stories that we tell on tv we peel the layers back a little bit and we get into it on the uh total access podcast so now is your opportunity to bless us with the locker room story <laughs> gee where do i go <laughs> I mean, 25 years a plethora of uh of opportunities to to share some moments here we had a we had an offensive lineman he was uh his pregame routine was he got he he, he had to throw up had to go throw up i mean he was okay. literally so pregame you know coach talks <laughs> he does his thing he goes to the uh goes to the stall and you're gonna you can hear him in there <laughs> You know, and everybody's like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're ready. He's ready. We're ready, you know. Then one game, he didn't go. We didn't go. So we started talking okay. to him. We started talking this shit to him. I mean, we, we wanted him to throw up so bad. He, man, I can't throw up, man. I'm, I'm cool. I'm good. And we're like, get your, get your ass in the, you know, get your ass in the bathroom, man. Get your in the stall. Yeah. And we started talking, you know, guys were farting on him, blowing fart, you know. <laughs> and finally he was like, whoa, whoa. and we're like, yeah, we're good, man. We're good. So, I mean, that was one. We had another guy, Benny Ricardo. He was a kicker. Before I got to the Saints, Benny Ricardo was um, 
was their kicker. And uh, the Saints weren't very good back then. I don't know if you remember, but they used to have yeah. the bags over their heads, the Angels. Absolutely. So, Benny, Benny, Saints were losing badly. This was the year before I got drafted by the Saints, and this probably tipped – this was probably the tip of the iceberg for Bump Phillips. Halftime, they're down like 28 nothing. Bump's doing his halftime speech. All of a sudden, everybody can hear, like, the showers running. I'm like, what the heck? What's going on? Benny's in there taking a shower. What? Taking a shower what? at halftime. Game's over, you know. He's not going to play, man. So that was the it's end of Benny Ricardo. That was the end of – that was a wrap for Benny Ricardo, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Morton, you know what's crazy? Yeah. I knew guys that would take showers, like, before the game or try to get it in before – like, during halftime. They what? said it, like – they said it reset their bodies to making them well, think they, that, you know, I don't know. Benny Ricardo's career, it ended. <laughs> I think he's, like, on television now doing NFL games, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that was the end of Benny. I well, can't hey, that. You know, Beast Mode used to throw up before every game too. You know, he was a oh, teammate of mine in Seattle, yeah. And 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 it wasn't it wasn't that he was just like grossed out or nervous. He actually hey, stuck who, his finger down his. Who throat. am I? Who am, who am I right now? Yeah, <laughs> Beast, Beast Mode. <laughs> Beast Mode was on the Manning cast. On the Manning cast, bringing yeah. Henny, bringing the Henny. He, he was he, awesome. Oh, he, he had five shots of Hennessy before oh, our playoff game it. against against the Chicago five. Bears in the division around five of them. Yes, five. I, I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> Dude yeah, was I amazing. Did. I played. I I played drunk one time in a preseason game. That was it. Whoa. Get the hell out of here! Right. No, you, whoa, whoa! You gotta talk about that. What? You were drunk. Please go I into know. that. I was. It was an experiment. It was a science. Experience. It was literally a scientific experience. But I don't think I've ever shared this story. Oh, uh, we love um, exclusives. Yes. I, I don't think I've actually told. I might have told this story in my book or something. But um, it was literally like, all right, it's a preseason game, right? Yeah. So it it doesn't it matters, but it doesn't count. Exactly. Know? And um. <laughs> Night before, there was some remnants maybe in the bloodstream, and then I just kind of topped it off with a couple of shots. And then <laughs> I don't recommend it, man. I was seeing, you like, don't. what goalpost do I pick here? Do I go with the middle one, the left one, the right one? The wall oh, so, you was, so you was drunk drunk. You weren't just a little tipsy. I mean, you I were drunk drunk. drunk. Yeah. I, was, I was definitely f feeling okay. And then, <laughs> then the hangover started in the second half, right? Because <laughs> yeah. – because people could, man, you smell, you know, and then I, the yeah. Gatorade and the water. And then I started getting, like, sober. And then next thing I know, man, it's, it's you know, it's headache time. <laughs> you were, I mean, was this, this had to be way well back in the year. Oh, yeah. This was, like, 83, 84 preseason. What? I was back born in, in 83. I was That's born in '83. My first year was '82, man. Archie Manning was my uh, was oh, my uh, teammate. They shipped him off to Houston in '82, and we got oh, Earl Campbell. Goodness. 
I know, I know. I date oh, myself. Man. No, it's so all good, I, man. I, I wouldn't say I was a full-blown uh, Bourbon Street drunk, but I, I was definitely, <laughs> you know, tipsy, tipsy there. So, but we digress. This is turning into a uh, yeah. oh, this podcast. Is, this is awesome. Maybe we bring a rehab person in here and start talking me <laughs> off the ledge, man. I don't know. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's let's uh, go with some of the scripted. <laughs> Some of the scripted questions that we have. We're out of time. That was funny, guys. See you later. (laughs) Let's talk about those are the best stories. Let's face it. Well, that's why we didn't stop you. We let you go. You know. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, let's talk about your childhood now. You know, it feels like it feels like (laughs) therapy. Well, I was a, I was an orphan. No, that's not. (laughs) Well, you were born in Copenhagen. Spent uh, most of your youth growing up in Denmark. Moved to America as a teenager. Yeah. Uh, what had your experience of American football been before that? What was your introduction to the game? Yeah, I didn't have didn't have any. I was soccer, handball, gymnastics. I didn't uh, didn't know really? football. Football in in the seventies was not a uh, household sport in in Denmark. Now it has become more mainstream. It's I would say it's still a cult sport over there. Um, the interesting thing about football in Europe is that if you go to a game in Tottenham or Wembley, you know, we got a couple of international games. If you go to any of those games, you'll see all the jerseys, not just the two teams playing. Mm-hmm. You'll see 32 different jerseys by all the 70,000 fans, which I think is cool. I mean, it's like a, yeah. it's a community of the, people are just fans of the game of, of the NFL. And so I, I grew up not knowing the sport. And when I came here as an exchange student, I wanted to play soccer. They didn't have a soccer team in high school and uh, they needed a kicker. And I walked, literally <laughs> walked on, didn't want to, didn't want to wear the pads or the helmet. They really, they told me, you got to wear this. I said, well, why? <laughs> and then it became painfully obvious to me why I had to wear this stuff. You know, when the big guy, when the big guy showed up and they wanted to want to have a piece of me there. So it was it was why it was it was uh, you know trial by fire i mean i learned it very quickly i had a talent for hitting a ball you know with the foot and um i put the work in guys and i wanted yeah. to be the best you know and i see this guy justin tucker from baltimore now and <laughs> he's he's the best right he's the best because he wants to be the best so i i spend a lot of time just perfecting that craft and then you got to be in the right place right time Yep. mentors, guys that tee it up for you, a good head coach that says, hey, we got this foreign guy. He can boot the ball, and you get a chance to go to college. And then what, that's what I did at Michigan State, Michigan State for four years. What, Spartans. Who, who, was the early, who was the early mentor for you? You mentioned some mentors well, and some people that kind of helped you along. So Bob Wilbur was my uh, head coach. Uh, he was tremendous. He teed it up. And then when I got to Michigan mm-hmm. State, Hans Nielsen was a Danish kicker. And also Kirk Gibson, you remember Kirk from the Dodgers and the Tigers, and uh, he he was a teammate of mine that brought brought it every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. What What was interesting to me was I I, I wasn't treated as a specialist. You know, but there's this notion that kickers are outsiders looking in, not part of the team, not part of you know the everyday. Mm-hmm. It's true. We don't. I mean, we don't put our we don't put our hands in the dirt. You know, we don't know nope. we're not every down guys, but we're an integral part. We're the producers, if you will. I mean, yeah. if the object is to score more points than the other team, I'd say we're pretty important. 
<laughs> yeah, very. You look important. at the leading scores on any roster, you're going to find a little dude who can kick the ball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, right, and we're depending on other guys, just like like you are if you're a defensive back. You know, if you're a cornerback, do I know I have the safety? Do I have safety help? You know, mm-hmm. well, you know, things like that. Well, was I think it, was- that was my only analogy that I actually knew. <laughs> <laughs> I, I my my hunch is you know you were accepted as one of the guys because you were good right I mean if if you're not good they say well hey that's the guy that's supposed to go out there right and go out there for one play and do his job I mean you know right in, in a lot of folks mind you don't make it hey you're, that's what you're supposed to do you know well I think the greatest ammo is hey are you doing your thing you know are you are you, are yeah. you letting the team down or you're not letting the team down are you a produce are you producing are you helping us win or are you helping? Are you going the other way? Are we losing because of you? And no matter what the position, you get found out really fast in the NFL at the highest level. It, it's uh, back to my cornerback. He's pretty much on an island there. And you, you go man to man with the best receiver out there. And you either you either take care of business or you get exposed. And the same with the kicker, right? I mean, yeah. it's the same. You got, uh, you know, uh, 1.2 seconds of terror out there for a lot of people that are watching going, this doesn't look comfortable. This looks like a highly <laughs> stressful situation, right? And if you haven't heard, if you haven't rehearsed it, if you haven't uh, earned the right to be in that situation, then, man, it's uh, it, it can look really bad. What, what was it? A, was it a culture shock for you? Like when you first came over, like being a part of a, you know, the American football team, was it some sort of a culture shock or is it like, you know, a team is a team, no matter the sport. Yeah. The team, I, I, I definitely was always felt part of the team. Um, I knew what I had to do. I knew, you know, in high school, you don't kick a lot of field goals. Let's face it. Yeah. We, we kicked a lot of extra points. We were pretty damn good. We we were eleven and one and made it all the way to semi state. So we were a good oh, team. Wow. We scored a lot of touchdowns. So I kicked off a lot. And in high school, you kick the ball in the end zone, it's it's an automatic touchback. No run. There's no runbacks. So we pretty much kicked the ball in the end zone the whole year. I, may, I might have had five field goals, but based on that body of work and being on a really good football team, I, I really felt I was accepted. I'll tell you this: as a, as a guy who didn't speak the language, who was an immigrant, who mm-hmm. came over, was supposed to stay for ten months. I couldn't have landed in a better place than Ben Davis High School and those Ben Davis Giants and being integrated into the school, the family I stayed with, and the friends I made through sports. Football taught me so much, you know, that I uh, just the the sacrifice of self and being part of something bigger than yourself, I think, was one of the biggest things. Just being part of something that was unique, man, you just felt it. And I don't remember back to high school, you're sitting on that yellow school bus and the cheerleaders yeah. are up front and you're back there and you're sitting in your unis yeah. and you're traveling to Friday Night Lights, you know? That's it's some awesome. of my best memories, you know, with those guys. Yeah. And I know I'm pro- my uniform's clean. It's probably not going to see a speck of dirt <laughs> unless I trip and fall, right? <laughs> but I know that at some point I'm going to be in that game and I'm going to – I'm going to play a role. It may not be a uh, a big, but in a playoff, I did have a three pointer that made the difference. And so you just never know when the moments come. It's that anticipation and, and, and excitement, you know, that, that drives it for me. GZ, I, see, that's why this guy was great, man. I mean, look at him, man. Look, look how serious he is about his craft. Like, I play with, <laughs> seriously, though, I play with kickers that really, 
they don't, I mean, you know, they, they act like they're really outsiders. They don't really want to be a part of the team. And, you know, they don't want the responsibility of everything falling on their shoulders as well. So, you know, well, you, know, you spent, talk like that, you know, it was awesome, man. Thanks. I appreciate you saying that. You know, I spent most of my time, like on game day, I would go to the stadium three and a half, three hours early. And who are the first ones in the locker room? Offensive linemen. Yeah. They're the first ones to get there. Yeah. Those are the most important guys for me. Because their their big asses are up in front, <laughs> protecting my little ass. You see what I'm saying? So I gotta have those guys happy. So I'm talking whatever it takes, dinners, you know, whatever it takes, man, to make those boys happy during the week. You get the hell out of here, Morton. You did not take any offensive linemen oh, out for no oh, damn dinners. Oh, get the hell out of here, man. God. They invited me. I was part of that. Really? On Thursday, we'd go out and have beers. You was part of the Thursday night crew. Get yeah, the hell out of here. Of course oh, I was. And Rock, uh, John Tice, Hobie Branner, all the boys back in New Orleans, man. They were like, all right, Morton, let's roll. And the punter actually came too. The pun- yeah, punters we, usually don't hang. Because we had all the good spots, you know, the boys. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So it was fun. You know, it was, awesome. it was a blast, man. But those guys were the, those guys are real. If you ever talk to an offensive lineman, they actually get fined. You guys know this, that offensive mm-hmm. linemen have a, a fine bucket that if you mm-hmm. talk to the media as an offensive lineman, you get fined. Yep, or so, get mentioned, or get mentioned in the oh, press, big time. Oh yeah, oh, oh, man. yeah. No, you better not get mentioned in a, in the newspaper, or better not be on some news clip. You better be stealth and under the radar. And that's what I loved about the O line, right? I they took it, care man. of business on Sunday. They were there early. They didn't talk. You know, they just were, and and, and they were tight knit. They didn't let anybody in. It was tough, man. Yeah, a couple of game winners. A couple of game winners took care of that. You know, yeah. <laughs> like like the nineteen ninety eight, ninety eight season, ninety nine uh, January, uh, January overtime seventeenth in the Metrodome. Yeah, yeah, your overtime uh, a field goal uh, yeah. to win the game to send you guys to the Super Bowl on a day where Gary Anderson, uh, I, I assume a, a buddy of yours, you guys were around for. Uh, a number of years. He was a South South African guy too, right? I mean, he was. He was. Uh, he yeah. was. Yeah, he came. Um, Syracuse University and our our careers kind of follow you know paralleled if you will mm-hmm. he he had a great career he should be in the Hall of Fame well yeah better be in the Hall of Fame and he sure. and he hadn't and he hadn't missed it he hadn't missed it all that year uh, he was thirty five for thirty five and uh, we were we were just very fortunate that he uh, he just pulled it a little bit I mean talking about you know yeah. foot and uh, thank God for us because we were the underdogs it's hard to believe when you're fourteen and two and you got to go on the road that you're an underdog, but we were against that team. It was Randy Moss's rookie year. Yeah. And uh, they had a great offense, Randall Cunningham, yeah. and that defense with John Randall. Got to love John Randall. Come on, man. Dude. He is. He's with the mask. Man. With the mask, man. <laughs> yeah, oh, that man. That's so dope. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Do you, yeah. I mean, do you remember, you know, the, the highs of you hitting the game-winning field goal and, and then, you know, knowing what, what he was feeling, uh, having missed for the first time at the at the just worst possible moment that year? I would think my uh, my emotions were better than his, right? I mean, he, <laughs> it, it had to be a pretty uh, – a world of shock for him, and I felt for him, man, because I've, I've been there, not in a moment like that, but I've, I've been in situations where you, you lose the game, you know, and it does happen. Uh, I felt bad for him. I had um, I had a pretty good feeling when we were driving in overtime. I I just you felt a, mem- a momentum shift shift and um, like when I took the field, I knew we were going to the Super Bowl. I just didn't tell anybody, you know, because <laughs> that thing was wheelhouse all day. Thirty eight left hash. Come on, I mean that's look that's, at that. Look are, you, are you nervous? I mean, are you nervous at all in that moment? You can't ice ice. Oh, oh, I'm using that more. Can I please use that? Please. You can't ice ice. What the hell? That's what the hell I'm talking about. You can't ice ice. Yeah, hell yeah. Shit yeah, man. I'm kidding a little bit now. I'm blushing because there's a reason for why I say that. And it sounds arrogant. I know that. But the night before, I've done a lot of uh, mental rehearsals. I spent a lot of time doing that. And you can you you can believe it or not, but my sports psychologist I've been working on with for many many years, John Silver, we had created a program that worked for me. All right, and and in its simplicity, it simply talks about the two things that as elite athletes we control: our effort, our attitude, and everything else is yep. white noise. So why spend yep. time on it? So let's let's spend time on the workbench. Let's spend time on making our positive behavior dominant, and let's rehearse that in real time in slow motion, third person. And when you get really good at it, like a video game, you can do it in first person, like you have the goggles on and you're going. Oh, right? Yeah, you Ooh. push the button. You know, when you go in those... I know what you're talking about. And you push the button and you're above it, but you're looking at yourself driving. Then you push another button and you're in the car looking out the front window. And then you push the third button and you're in the eyes. And you're literally through yourself that way. When you get good at mental rehearsals, you're there, first person. And when you can drive an image, a scenario in real time and slow motion, man, now you got something. And when I stood on that sideline on Sunday and all my brothers are sitting there holding hands, I realized they weren't driving the car. I was driving the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I knew I was, we were going to win. I just didn't tell them. And yeah. I knew that I knew that Coach Green was going to – you know, he was going to call a timeout, which he did. Just gave me more time to get my target line. Fine. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling a timeout. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for the help. I appreciate that. It delayed, at- it delayed the inevitable. Look at the perspective, Jeezy. You see it? Yeah. Some people take the scary way out, and it's fear, right? And it's like, oh, my God, he called. You know, it's like, you know he's trying to ice me. Oh, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. Then there's the other side of it. It's like, well, shit, give me a little bit more opportunity to line this damn thing up because yeah. I know I'm going to hit it. Just the perspective of it. Like, so that's the good side of it. Now, you've been on the – Trust the, your hopes, not your fears. Trust your hopes. Trust your not hopes, fears. not your fears. I'm going to use that again. I'm you writing that down. down. I'm you writing it down. down. I got it. I got it recorded too. But look, Morton, like, that's the good side of it. You've yeah. been on the bad side of it too. How do you – how do you 
how do you process missing the kick and then walking to the sideline? Because again, those same guys you went out drinking with on Thursday are there. The same <laughs> relationships are there, right? How do yeah. you? I've always wondered for kickers, like, how do you look at me after? Like, how do you feel cool, like, looking at us after that? You know what I'm saying? Like, it has, to be, it has yeah. to be difficult. You know what I'm saying? Well, uh, let me start by saying that you have to love and embrace the world of sock. Love it. Love that world of suck. <laughs> and the NFL, <laughs> well, the NFL is the world of suck. You're not, are you, are you improving the most when your hands are above your head? Hell no. No, no. When, when your back is against the wall and you're down, that's, failing is delicious. Give me some uh, of that, but don't give me too much. It. Don't give me yeah. too much. <laughs> but let me fail miserably so I can learn powerfully so that I never again have to repeat that feeling. Man, mm. failing is so important to success. You've got to embrace failing. Embrace uh, the distance. But, so, but, but, but I'm sure when you're on that airplane riding back after you just missed a kick and the team lost, and guys are looking at you like, dude, I don't give a shit about embracing no damn suck. We lost the damn game. <laughs> yeah. How do you well, process that? You, know you, take you take personal responsibility initially. You say, that's uh -huh. on me. I, I effed it up. You know, that's on me, guys. Not going to happen again. You know, I had a, a, a 96. Oh, we're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. We were 3-12. and 12. Uh, All right. We're not going anywhere. Jacksonville, if they win the game, they're in the playoffs for the first time in their franchise history. It was week 17. Yeah. And yeah. I had a 30-yarder uh, chip shot. Muddy, muddy field. I slip. I push the ball left. Jacksonville wins. I'm laying on my back. And Robbie Tobig, one of our offensive linemen, straddles me. And I'm thinking, oh, what a nice teammate. He's going to help me up. <laughs> he points the finger and goes, you lost the game. You lost the freaking game. And he just stepped over me and left me laying there. <laughs> wow. So there is that, there is that feeling of, of this, this really sucks, right? But I owned up to it. You know, it was the last game. That was the worst part of it because I couldn't come next week yeah. and, and deliver the blow. You know, I was done for until the next year. But that was all right. Gave me a tremendous motivation. And Jacksonville invited me down to uh, present the Player of the Year award in June at the Jaspers. Paid me a little uh, scratch, free golf in Jacksonville. And did you go? You of did it? Of course I went. <laughs> Wait. What an opportunity. Failure presents opportunities, guys. Yes. Who I mean embrace the suck? What player? Whose player? The, the Jaguars player of the year? Yeah, it was Mark Brunel. He was player of the year. And I was the last presenter. I was a surprise presenter. We all had the tuxes on. He was in a 2,000-seat auditorium. And when I walked on the stage, I pretended to trip and fall, and everybody went wild. And I got a standing ovation. And then I went and played the stadium course at Sawgrass and stayed at a beautiful Marriott. I mean, don't hate the player, hate the game. Hate the game, baby. Yes. Well, they, the, the thing about that, they got into the playoffs, and then they went on a run. They beat Buffalo. They beat oh, yeah. Denver. 
and they almost made the Super Bowl. So, you know. Yeah, that was the, they did. They but, made but it let's, all the way to the AFC but, Championship. But let's go back. Did Robbie Tobeck, what was the next thing he said to you? When was the next thing he said? And what was it? that he? <laughs> I, I can't imagine I you left it like that I, with Robbie Tobeck forever. I did leave it with him because I was just like <laughs> incredulous. I was like, that was weird, but he must be in a bad spot. He must be in a bad place. You know, I, I love it. We're three and 13. All right. right. Yeah. We're, we're not going anywhere. Pick because of my miss, we got a better pick. <laughs> Opportunity. <laughs> Opportunity. <laughs> Listen, it's, it sucked at the time, but big picture, we moved up in the draft, maybe got a better player. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to say to Robbie Tobig. Get over it, buddy. <laughs> you know, you had 76 plays and you graded out at 85. Uh, is that great? I don't know. Nah, that's true. So, so you and your Saints teammates, I'm jumping because we're we're yeah. We don't want to keep you too too long here because we can. Oh this, this could go this like four awesome. hours at this yeah. at this rate. Uh, could yeah. Well, you it has you sometimes believe me. Yeah, you and Brian Hansen, your Saints punter teammate, uh, you, you made a a track called the uh, Take, Take it, it to, to the, the top. top. Huh? Hold up, um, hold up. Y'all made a track like a yeah. song. Yeah. It was, like it was over synthesized. It was over synthesized. Hit him with a couple of bars. What? Y'all were rapping? It's like a love embrace, and they go for it with a smile on their face because they know it's going to win a place at the top. Oh! We're going to make it. We're going to take it to the top. We're going to go there and be all the things that we want to be. There's nothing to it. We'll sail right through it to the top. We're oh. gonna make it after all. Oh, yeah. Falls to the top. <laughs> That's, so there's the hook. No one falls to the top, right? But it took yeah. a while to get there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> first of I all, I wallpapered awesome. my wall. I got 10,000 copies. This is back when vinyl was cool. Vinyl's coming back, guys. It is coming back. back. It is coming Listen, back. Listen, right now, uh, I don't know what this website is discogs.com. Uh, 20 bucks. 20, 20 bucks? bucks? Yeah. <laughs> it's a deal. You got to find a record player to play a 45. <laughs> Look at this picture. Oh, yeah, man. That it's is awesome. Seag- it's Flock of Seagulls, isn't it? Oh. There, uh, yeah. Where are we here? Here we go. There, there they go. are. Oh, man. Those are the specialists right there, baby. Yes. <laughs> it's um, Flock of Seagulls, Duran Duran, Wham. I mean, it's, think about it. It was the 80s. It was the mid-80s. Yeah, man. More than my, dude. You, you got any more in my crowd? Because I would no, I know I'm we're, good. I, I'm I got good, one man. more question though, because we got to go back. You said you didn't want to wear the helmet and the pads when you first played football. Yeah. You had that little double bar face mask for probably your entire career. Was that your attempt to wear as little equipment as possible? Where and I don't think anybody. I don't think I've ever seen anybody else wear that same face face mask. Well, Gary had the one bar. Yeah, yeah. Gary had one. Then yeah, Gary had, had one. a one bar. Sean but you had the double. Well, the key was to get good vision. Right. You don't, you don't think about the fist that can fit in there. You think about, I got to have good vision. <laughs> right. And then later, the fist onto the nose becomes a reality. <laughs> but that's not, you got to promise, though, I don't want the headline out of this pod to be Morton played drunk. That's not. No, 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 no. We wouldn't do you like that, Morton. No, we wouldn't. I mean, like that. that should no. not be the, yeah, I know how these things go and how, how everybody, you know, <laughs> Producer no, Tom's licking his chops going, hmm. hmm. <laughs> no, producer Tom is laughing because this was an awesome yeah, podcast, brother. Producer Thank you Tom for stopping just, by, man. 
Producer Tom just chimed in uh, on the private chat and said, LOL. So uh, I don't yeah, know what that means. That, I mean, he's LOLing at the story. Way, man. Yeah, yeah, right. it can't go either way, man. Yeah, it can't go either way. thank you for stopping by. That'll do it for this week's episode of Total Access to Locker Room. For more insight with the Locker Room point of view, check out the latest episodes every Wednesday and Friday on Apple and Spotify. Check me out. Great Day Nation. Don't forget it. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.